I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello there and welcome to the Irish Examiner Sports Podcast on the program this week. Ready for kickoff, Simon Lewis looks ahead to a new Heineken Cup campaign and... County Call. John Fogarty on a bumper weekend of championship finals nationwide. <whistles> Europe's Premier Club Rugby competition kicks off this weekend with massive uncertainty surrounding its future. Simon Lewis now joins us on the line to discuss Heineken Cup and uh, Irish provincial hopes. Uh, Simon, before we get into the on-field action, let's talk about the off-field action of the last couple of weeks and this row between... Uh, ERC, England, France and really anyone else that, that matters. Where are we at and how concerned should we be? Well, it's a shame we do have to keep talking about it really. But yeah, um, the eve of this year's tournament and we're still none the wiser about whether there'll be one next season. Um, ARC, the governing body of uh, the Heineken Cup, the tournament organisers have, have been brave enough to name a final venue for 2015, but no one really knows, and we're still uncertain, including themselves, whether whether there'll be a tournament to, to you know to produce a final pairing. So it is still up in the air. Um, they, they seem to be two in trench sides on on either side of the argument: the English and the French clubs. Um, uh, insist that they are going going it alone, and on the other side you have ERC, the Heineken Cup organisers, and the constituent unions uh, from six countries, um, as well as the IRB, saying they're not prepared to ratify any alternative tournament. So um, it's a bit of a standoff at the moment. There's a meeting after rounds one and two of the Heineken Cup the ERC are arranging uh, for all the stakeholders to be uh, chaired by a mediator, an independent mediator. But the Anglo-French axis, uh, the clubs that is, not their unions, say that they won't attend. So um, there's a bit of grandstanding to it. There's a bit of macho posturing from the uh, Anglo-French side. And um, no one really knows who's it's got a battle of wills, really, who's mm. going to crack first, I think. No, Don Lennon had an excellent piece in the Irish Examiner on Wednesday on the entire issue and kind of covered all the bases, whether it be television, whether it be revenue, whether it be the qualification process. In terms, though, and this is the issue that, that surprises me in all of this, the IRB as the governing body for rugby globally, would they not have the, the, the say-so regarding any competition? Yes, any cross-border competition um, in rugby has to be ratified by the IRB, the International Rugby Board, which governs which governs the sport worldwide. So, in theory, you know, nothing can happen until until they say yes. But that doesn't stop the Anglo-French clubs organising a, a tournament, naming a tournament, and inviting anyone they want to uh, participate in it. 
they had the money, don't forget, from the TV contracts yeah. and from BT Sport. Um, so, according to them, the finances are there, although no one's actually outside of those um, stakeholders has seen the, how much money exactly is on the table. Um, but you think you'd think the Anglo-French clubs would have to um, put a, a little bit more on the table to to get IRB ratification. Otherwise, the ARC um, have all the, all, all the hands, you know? If it is a case, the worst-case scenario comes to pass, the Heineken Cup ceases to exist, how serious will it be for Irish rugby, for the IRFU, for grassroots, for, for the game in general in this country? Well, I think... It is potentially grave for the Irish provinces and um, Irish rugby in general in terms of the national team. Um, the worst case scenario is that this Anglo-French um, bid goes ahead, um, <clears throat> that it's the Irish Union doesn't ratify it, and the provinces, which of course are bankrolled by the Irish Union, um, aren't allowed to participate. Now, that would mean that um, players, certainly the ones out of contract right now, would be inclined to sign for clubs that are participating in a European competition if the Heineken Cup doesn't go ahead. So you, potentially there's a player exodus um, set to take place if that happens. Now, the, the flip side of that, of course, is that it is just posturing and that the Anglo-French clubs will get what they want and they'll come back with the tails between their legs and um, sign the accord for next season's Heineken Cup. But I think it's going to take a bit more than uh, common sense to bring them back to the table at this stage because they are so entrenched. So you could imagine almost an, an, an Anglo-French boycott of the Heineken Cup if they don't get their way and their tournament isn't ratified. Okay, well... So everyone's the loser in that regard. We'll uh, we'll watch the uh, the story over the coming uh, weeks and uh, months, and as you pointed out, uh, the next meeting uh, due in a, I think about a fortnight's time. Anyway, we'll we'll see where it goes from there. Let's let's I suppose uh, talk something a bit more tangible, and that's the the games this weekend. Um, we will uh, kick off with the games on Friday night. Uh, Connacht uh, Saracens in a very tasty encounter up in uh, Raven Hill with uh, Ulster playing uh, Leicester on that one. Massive uh, shot in the arm for Ulster uh, with the news that Ruan Pinar is uh, staying on for another uh, three seasons. Were you, were you surprised, given all the talk that he was on uh, uh, set for a big money uh, French move? Yeah, too long we're waving a big contract in front of Ruan Pinar's face. Um, you know, it's, it takes a lot to turn down that kind of money um, that's on offer in France right now. And as, as we kind of alluded to, the... the Contact, contracts that are up in the air at the moment for, for signing, you know, you wouldn't blame any player for, for hedging his bets and, and going to a French or English clubs just to be sure of, of European competition. So it's a big shot in the arm for for uh, Ulster. They, they've got Ryan Pienaar, one of the best scrum halves in the world, just come off the rugby championship for the Springboks, and they've signed him for another three years. He's at Ravenhill now until... Um, the end of 2017 season at least, and that has to be good news. Um, because if Pienaar had gone, then you'd think, well, everything that Ulster have built um, would be somewhat in limbo after, if he had gone, you know, that the, the house of cards might start to crumble a little bit. But Pienaar staying is, is a massive boost mm -hmm. and should encourage other Ulster players um, to... to um, 
sign on as well, knowing that a world-class player is happy to stay there. Ulster, of course, had a phenomenal start to the season last year in both the Rabo and the Heineken Cup, but was it a case that they possibly peaked a bit too soon? Uh, that, that's, yeah, I mean, probably hit the nail on the head there. They they were flying at the start of the season, weren't they? They topped the Rabo, um, they they strolled through their group, and then it all went a bit pear-shaped. They just, they went out with a whimper rather than a bang in the quarterfinals at Twickenham, just didn't turn up uh, against Saracens in April, and uh, were were out-muscled and out-gunned, really, by, by Saris. Um so they have a lot to prove this time around, and they're they're a year further down the road under Mark Anscombe, and um, in particular, the man that benefits most probably from Ruben Pina staying is Paddy Jackson, the the, the young fly half, um, who's you know he's shown he can rebound. He's quite a resilient character. He can rebound from setbacks, and he can only get better. Um, his kicking has been poor up to this season, but I think he showed last weekend against Ospreys. He was six from six off the tee. Um, and from all angles, that he, that he uh, has got his kicking game together. And um, Mark Anscombe, the Ulster head coach, certainly thinks very highly of him. So all the places are, you know, it's all falling into place for, for Ulster. They're, they're getting their act together. It is a tough group, um, aside from Le- Leicester. You know, they've got, uh, I think it's Montpellier as well. Um, they're, they're an up-and-coming side with lots of money in France as well. So it is a tough group. Leicester Tigers as a, as a first game up is a, is no easy one, is it at all? So they're averaging three tries a game, I think, in, in England this season. And um, they'll be fired up as well. So it's... Um, you know, it's a tough ask for them to repeat even the quarterfinal that they've managed two years in a row, but but they've never been in a better position to do so. OK, Connacht uh, next, also in action on uh, Friday night. Bit of a sluggish start to the, the Pat Lamb campaign and uh, Saracens coming to the sports ground uh, as your Heineken Cup opener. Uh, not exactly an easy start. Yeah, it couldn't be more difficult, could it? I mean, yeah, that... that, that um, this, to lose in their group as well, um, they they really are on an up face an uphill battle from from the start with Saracens coming to Galway, um, and to lose down the track. The one saving grace for them is that Zebra on the on the um, in the pool as well. So you would hope they would manage a double over Zebra, and um, they've shown they can beat the big teams at home, um, and you know Beeritz crumbled their last season um, so there's nothing you know like a, a Heineken Cup to galvanise a team and and you know there's, there's clearly good things to come from from Connacht and their young players of the likes of um, the new flanker from New Zealand Jake Keane and Robbie Henshaw the homegrown player as well so you know things are looking up but it's it's a really tough ask No we mentioned Paddy Jackson there and, and really looking at Leinster and Munster, who are in action on Saturday, it, it is the story of the, the, the old halves there. We'll start with Leinster, first of all. Obviously, a new man in the in the pivot uh, with Johnny Sexton in Paris. A new coach and um, questions over Brian O'Driscoll's fitness for the weekend. Exactly, yeah. It's not an ideal scenario, losing to, to Munster at the weekend. Um, Ian Madigan had a bit of a setback in that game, the, the, the fly-half you're alluding to. 
asked to fill the boots of Johnny Sexton. But they also have Jimmy Gopeth, um, a one-time All Black, who's um, been around the block a few times. He's a he's a seasoned pro, and maybe this is the game to bring him back into the the, the number ten shirt and um, steady the ship, perhaps. And they're, they're they're not just missing Johnny Sexton, of course. You know, Issa Nathewa has has gone, and he was a massive uh, loss to to Leinster when he decided to retire and head back to New Zealand. So there's a lot of uh, questions over this uh, uh, Leinster side, and they didn't look particularly um, attractive at Owen Park on last Saturday night. There was a, an attacking spark missing, really. They really do need Brian O'Driscoll back in uh, in harness. Mm. Is there a feeling as well that maybe Jamie Heaslip and, and Sean O'Brien are, are still struggling a bit after the Lions' exertions? Well, there's always that worry for all Lions players that um, give their all on a, on a tour and then are asked to sort of go back to the well uh, a few short months after. Um, but I think, you know, they may have been a bit subdued, but it's early days in their season right now. And, um, you know, Leinster have proven that they can cope without their big-name players in the past. Um, but um, I think they need some of them to start stepping up now. And uh, Osprey's away is is a tough ask. Well, they've still won there last weekend, but uh, mm. everyone steps it up once it gets to the Heineken Cup, and Osprey's will be no different. There's a lot of lions in that um, pack as well with Osprey's. And, um, you know, we don't assume that they're going to be uh, suffering either. Alan Wynne-Jones... Um, to name but one, you know. But uh, would you agree, Simon, that Ospreys are somewhat the, the great enigma of the Heineken Cup in terms of playing personnel failing to reach their potential in the competition? Yeah, well, big time. You know, um, they are on in a rebuilding stage after, you know, the, I think it was four quarterfinals in a row they lost um, back in uh, the last decade, you know. So they're, um, you know, no one's expecting Ospreys to tear up the competition, but they're not. You'd rather be without them in your group, if you know what I mean. And um, you know, there's a lot of questions over over them. Uh, you know, in terms of attacking flair, they've they've um, they're relying now on Dan Bigger um, at fly half, who's lost his scrum half um, in Khan Fatuali the Samoan who's gone to Northampton and, and that's a big loss because he was a real creative spark and um, the guy they've replaced him with you know the Italian scrum half Tiboldi didn't look great against uh, uh, Ulster last weekend so they're Attacking-wise, you'd wonder about how well-equipped they are to, to pose problems. But they up front is where they can really ask questions of opponents, it's particularly in Liberty Stadium. OK, uh, the other game on uh, Saturday, and you'll be there in Murrayfield, Munster away to uh, Edinburgh. How much should we read into the uh, Munster victory over Leinster uh, last weekend in Thorman Park, uh, ending as it did? Was it a, a five-game losing streak? Yes, um, <clears throat> Munster, the great enigma in a way, aren't they, when it comes to opening games in pool campaigns. Um, Edinburgh are looking pretty dreadful, um, and I don't think there's a better place for Munster to be going than than, than Murrayfield. Um, it will be half empty. Um, you know, Rob Penny's talking up Edinburgh's uh, 
prospects of lifting their game, but they haven't really shown anything to this point. They can make life awkward, and don't forget Edinburgh denied Munster a bonus point at Murrayfield last season. But um, just winning an away game is important at this stage, and um, I, I don't expect Munster to come back to the province without a victory. Um, a bonus point might be a bit too much to ask, but Munster are looking good. And, you know, they were impressive without being spectacular against Leinster. They they got that, with, you know, losing streak out the way. And, um, you know, they're showing a bit of maturity as well. There's a lot of young kids in that team, and they're all coming of age at the same time. And um, I think it bodes well for the season, to be honest. You made a very interesting point in your uh, overview on uh, Monday morning in the paper, Simon, regarding the, the kind of Rob Penny plan at Munster and I suppose the attitude and approach amongst players to think for themselves a bit on the field and that is now starting to, to bear fruit? Yeah, uh, yeah, I've spoken to Rob Penny um this week, and you know, he's he's talked. There'll be an interview in in the Irish Examiner on on Friday where he's talking about the game plan. It is not a game plan; it's one of many game plans, and it all hinges on good decision making and players seeing what's in front of them and deciding the best option for their team to move forward. And if that's with a bit of grunt and grind and um, bashing it up through the middle um, as a pack, or whether it's throwing the ball out wide and and you know, running circles around teams, you know, whatever it takes to get it done. But the, the key is doing it the right thing at the right time. And and I think there were there signs that Munster are able to Munster players are able to make those decisions better now. They're, they're by far they're, they're a long way off the finished article, but I think there's certainly signs of improvement. Um, judging by the opening games this season. Okay, talk talk to me about some of the the young players. Uh, obviously. Ian Keatley is is the man in uh, in possession of the number ten uh, jersey at the moment. But like you know, how important is it for those young guys now to step up and speed up their development? Given the likes of Ronan O'Gara, for one, have gone for Munster. Yeah, Dougie Howlett's gone as well. Um, I, I think it's interesting that you know a lot of players came of age, particularly in that Harlequins uh, quarter final last season the likes of Dave Kilcoyne. Connor Murray is a different player to, to the one he was a year ago when you remember he kind of uh, lost the head a small bit in the opening game against Racing Metro and uh, cost, you know, the chance of a of a comeback there. Um, they've stepped up an awful lot over the last few months. And, and not only that, the, the slightly older tier of player, um, the likes of Keith Earls, you know, who, who've come back um, from injuries and Felix Jones they look ready to hit the ground running they're looking sharp and they're, they're happy to play this kind of heads up rugby and not only that the likes of Casey Laulala and James Downey are, are forging a good midfield partnership Laulala big things are expected of him this season after his move from Cardiff um, the season before so he's about to emerge as, as one of those backline leaders I think that Munster supporters feared would be absent once O'Gara and Howlett left. Okay, interesting times uh, for Munster, interesting times for the, the competition in general. The final question uh, to you, Simon, is in terms of a Heineken Cup champion, you know, are we still looking at the the French powerhouses? Are we still looking at Munster Leinster being there at the business end or is there a wild card in there for you? 
well, I actually think um, the likes of Saracens uh, will be better equipped for, for last season. They've got a massive pack. And um, they've got some players who, you know, some young players as well who are coming to the fore. I think Owen Farrell benefited from a um, a good, solid Lions tour um, at fly half there for, for Saracens. And like Ulster, Saracens faded last season. I think they'll be the better for, for that experience. And Saracens could easily get it done. Um, but you, we're still looking at the likes of Toulon, who, you know, and Claremont, who, who have still have business to do in France and that's still the main objective but um, it, that they'll both be eager to prove that you can succeed in Europe and win the, the top 14 so there's a, there's a lot of incentive for a lot of teams here and uh, I think it's it, I think it's wide open really you know Okay one club I have to ask you about very quickly a certain club in Paris and uh, a certain two Irishmen involved what about uh, Racing and uh Johnny Sexton and Ronan O'Gara and is it year one of a three-year project for them to be uh, all conquering? Yeah, I think uh, as, as I kind of alluded to, the top 14 remains the objective and, and I think Racing in the past haven't really excelled in the Heineken Cup because they cannot fight on two, on two um, uh, fronts and I think that's certainly going to be the case this season. In the, particularly in the group they're in, they're in a group with Harlequins who may be fading a small bit and Scarlets, but um, the the big team that they're up against is is their French rivals um, Clermont Auvergne, of course. So um, it's a really tough group for them to be in. Um, they're they're kind of bedding in all their new players, Sexton included. They lost to Grenoble at the weekend, um, and you know it's it's. It's not very inspiring, their early season form. So um, I, there's a big question mark over Racing Metro for me, and um, we'll see if they can get their house together in, in Paris on uh, Sunday night in, in their toughest game, their toughest opponents, then um, they could be set fair. That could spark their season. But um, up to now, and if, if that loses, they could very quickly lose interest in, in the Heineken Cup, I would suggest. This is the busiest weekend in the year in terms of Glamour County Championship deciders. John Fogarty uh, joins us now on the line to cast an eye over the games that will be taking place nationwide on Saturday and Sunday. John, before we get into that, the big news this week, and it has been a busy week of GA news with managerial appointments and uh, managerial question marks, but uh, Dublin's big sponsorship uh, deal uh, making headlines and uh, and. I think as well too, generating a lot of debate about the money that's going into Gaelic games. Yeah, the, the, the fact Colm, that it's coming what two weeks after they've won an All Ireland final as well. Uh, there's certainly a lot of uh, the green-eyed monster out there um, looking towards the capital and thinking they are the haves and the majority of the rest of the people are the have-nots. Um, you know, it's it, it, it's good news. It, it's it's fantastic news. It's great business for Dublin. There's no doubt about that. And we saw them after they won the All Ireland there two years ago. They came out with the Blue Wave plan, uh, which you know we haven't seen much of over the last while. We might hear about it again now before Christmas, possibly. Um, but no, um, it, it, it's, it's a it's a, you, you got to take your hat off. It's a, it's a it's a great bit of business, but clearly. Uh, 
AIG know what they got, uh, they have. They have the blue chip, for uh, excuse the pun, but they have, a, they, they have the blue chip company in the GAA. They have the most recognisable brand of the GAA and uh, um, where the jerseys are sold most. And they, they've done their homework on this one. Um, you know, it's what, one of only a few multinationals that are mm. in the G in the GAA at the moment. That never mind the, 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 the couple that are in uh, in association with county teams and. Uh, it's a big one, and it's it's certainly uh, it probably did need a big one after losing Vodafone earlier this year. No, very much the case, and interesting though to see as well. Apart from the the blue chip again to use that phrase, uh, footballers and hurlers. It's interesting as well though that it is going down to ladies football and camogie, and a lot of it will be looking at the grassroots of of Dublin GA as well. It isn't just the focus on the senior football team. Yeah, this this seems to be a, a growing trend at the moment. There's more bang for the book. Um, AIG clearly want to be seen, you know, all encompassing with Dublin at the moment. But uh, I think I think we've all seen it really in Crow Park at the moment at, at central level where. You, we've seen the likes of Etihad being given um, uh, the, the 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 rooftop uh, the sponsorship of the rooftop uh, um, things there in Crow Park. We've seen Liberty Insurance, um, the latest, to join the associ- associated sponsor as- associate sponsor pack, getting uh, Camogie as well. It seems as if there's more bang for their buck, and I think this is uh, being put to the AG that you know here, listen, you can get more. There'll, there'll certainly be a, a better spread a blanket if, if a blanket spread basically of of sponsorship um it's certainly something that has been encouraged uh, i i know anyway uh, from the commercial perspective at central level and it seems to, seems to be following now and aig certainly have lapped it up you know it's we've seen hunky dory and tyrone hunky dory are sponsoring the championship there and uh, the, 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 the club championship and I think we're going to see that over the next while I think sponsors are going to be you know they're going to be offered more really because certainly when it comes to um, sponsorship at this moment uh, and uh, we are in, in still difficult times economically they just want as much for for the money that they're giving as possible and if that that, that means more exposure then you know more teams have to fall into it yeah you know it's it, it's it, 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 the fact that AAG are um, looking at uh, grassroots levels and things like that yeah that's that's great but I would imagine it was a case of um, the Dublin GA offering it to them and, and mm. saying listen this is what you get on top of what Vodafone had been getting so they're getting more in that regard Okay right let's turn on as I said to uh, a bumper weekend of county finals this weekend uh, we'll start off with Cork uh, Castlehaven and Nemo uh, old uh, Foes and big names in the Cox Senior Football Championship. They're clashing on uh, Sunday. And, of course, uh, Castlehaven, the uh, defending champions. And uh, Nemo, who have uh, slipped down the pile in recent years. They, they have, they have come and, uh, you know, going back to, to when they were playing Crokes and impressing against Crokes, it, it, it seems quite a while, as much as it was a couple of years ago, you know, Stephen O'Brien has come in there now and certainly turned a, a corner for them. Um, they still have a lot of the old guys, like James Masters is still there, only 31 years of age, it's still Paul Kerrigan, but Castle, Castlehaven are coming in slightly as favourites, I would imagine, and, and that's because of last year, and, they're, okay, there are concerns about Damien Catalan and 
you know what I mean? He's putting off um, much-needed surgery for the, for this game and possibly a Munster Championship should they win on Sunday. Uh, and they have a lot of quality young players there, no doubt about it. Mark Collins and Brian Hurley, who was unlucky to, to miss out on an All-Star nomination this year in his first, not even full year for Cork. So, you know, it, it, it's nicely set up. But um, yeah, I, I think I think we're going to get a, a fine game of it. They, they, the two teams drew earlier this year, and uh, then um, in the first round, and then in the replay, I think uh, was it by seven points that Castlehaven won the game. But uh, so Nemo have the, the the revenge mission, if you will. Mm. Okay, let's go to uh, Kildare next. Uh, Sarsfields v uh, Moorfield, and I'm sure uh, new county boss Jason Ryan will be amongst the spectators uh, this weekend. Oh, he would have to be, wouldn't he? Absolutely. Um, you know, a big day for him and uh, th- th- this week, you know, and I think it was quite poignant that um, Kieran McGinney's uh, appointment to the backroom team of Paul Grimley's in Armagh was announced uh, hours before. It was, it was almost as if they wanted to trump the news in Kildare in a way. Certainly, um, this is a, a nicely poised game. Sarsfields is defending champions. Okay, they're missing Gary White, but Dermot Early has come back this year, and uh, should should play a part there on on Sunday. And uh, you know what I mean? Seems to be enjoying his club football now that he's retired from the inter county scene, and there just doesn't seem to be as much pressure on him. And Moorfield are missing their own guys. I think uh, Dalson is out uh, with suspension. Um, but then again, they've Ronan Sweeney who's been playing nicely there. Ronan who's joining Niall Carew's backroom team as a selector himself over the next while. So. Yeah, n- 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 nicely poised again. I think Moorfield are going in as slight favourites, but um, you know, the I Sarsfields have a lot of uh, a lot of uh, experience there, and that, that might just count for them on Sunday. Okay, Salt Hill knocked Nakara playing uh, Corfin, former All Ireland uh, club champions Corfin. That's going back a few years. It's it's the classic town v country uh, game though in Galway, isn't it, John? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I mean, you know, the, the likes of Concanon and Armstrong will be the, the the main guys. You would imagine for um, you would imagine for Salt Hill, not Nakara, but uh, Corafin have a bit of an ace in their pack as regards uh, James Kavanagh. Um, and uh, the, the, the former Kildare player who joined up there um, earlier on in the year and he, he'll certainly add a, a bit of a dimension to them um, neither side well, you'd, you'd probably have to admire Curra Finn for coming in coming in through the uh, beat Milltown in their semi-final but I think they only had 14 men for uh, for about ha- for for what the second half of the game whereas you know Salt Hill and were quite slow in beating St. James's in their semi-final so uh, again another evenly matched game possibly maybe a little bit of a nod to uh, Salt Hill at just at, at this moment in time Now there's a Sarsfields in the Tipperary hurling final but it isn't Thurless it's Lockmore and they're playing uh, Nina Airog. They are indeed and Nina Airog only only won there only beat Kildank in a replay last weekend so you wonder just how much that will take out of the, the tank for them Whereas Lockmore have had that extra week or so to to um, to, to to prepare for this, and with the McGrath brothers, Nolan Neem, and you know the likes of Evan Sweeney, I think, and uh, they have David Kennedy, who was the 2001 All Ireland Centre All Ireland winner centre back for Tipperary, who then joined. Kill- He's 36 years of age now, and he's playing at right half forward. Those guys still have a. Have uh, you know the Lockmore? They, they know they have won a, a, a temporary title of late, and uh, they know what to do. With, uh, you know, a new one for Nina Arrow, who many would argue have been 
you see over the last while but they've had some great guys like Kevin Tucker and Hugh Maloney and there's a you know there's a question there why they haven't done more about it but um, yeah a, a bit of a, a novel final in that regard but mm. I, I would be fancying a lot more Castellani at the moment bit of a novel one as well on Sunday in Waterford Ballygunner against Passage and you know Passage I'm told the entire parish are uh, wearing the colours ahead of Sunday's final yeah, yeah, they've never won a senior title. I think they might have appeared in a couple in the in the nineties column. Um, so it's a definitely a new one for them. And you know, the fit. I think going back again, these these are two teams that would have played earlier in the year in the in the group stages, and that would have been a victory for uh, for Ballygunner at that stage. Owen Kelly, I think, got injured during that game. So. For, for passage, so that 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 is a bit of a difficult. That was a bit of a difficulty for them. But listen, they have some classy players like Nori Connors there. You know what I mean? The guy is one, if not the the best cornerback. You won't. I don't think he'd be cornerback now for passage on Sunday. But he's a leader, and uh, they, they'll certainly need him. But they're playing a nice brand of uh, hurling, I believe as well. I haven't seen any of it, of course, but I believe they're playing a nice hurling uh, passage under Peter Creeley, who. Uh, is possibly in line to take over from Michael Ryan as Waterford manager next year but they're coming up against a really classy Ballygunner side the O'Sullivans there Brian and Shane and the, the Mannies and the, the, in my opinion they're one of the best goalkeepers in the, there in Stephen O'Keefe so it, it's a formidable task for for passage against Ballygunner who you know you know the, all the expectation will be on them to, to, to come out of this game and to win it not handsomely now but to, to, to win it and uh, you know that, that'll bring its own pressures I think they're already second favourites to win the Munster Senior Championship so they don't want to look too far ahead of themselves as much as you know they might they might be tempted to but no this is a nice test for them but I would expect Barry Gunner to come through And that's it from the Irish Examiner Sports Podcast my thanks to our guests this week to Simon Lewis and to John Fogarty and that's it for tonight for this week and indeed for the next few weeks we're taking a break here on the Irish Examiner Sports Podcast we're back again in and around Christmas time to take a, a review of the sporting year that was 2013 thanks to uh, all the team here in Red FM especially to Joe Harrington for all his hard work and indeed thank you for listening hopefully we will uh, chat again in the non too distant future but between now and then make sure you keep checking in with us with the Irish Examiner each weekday and online 24-7 at irishexaminer.com Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.